Welcome to Profiling Criminal Minds. I'm Dan. I'm Sheila. And we are continuing our journey through, uh, I've said it before, I'll say it again, unbelievably good TV show, Vincenzo. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Like, what do you want me to say? That this show's not perfect? Obviously it's perfect. (laughs) It's weird, eh? It is weird how good this show is sometimes. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm watching, as you know, I watch all these other Korean shows, yeah. and I have yet to run across across one that is oh, sorry, clear and this good. Yeah, I mean, it's basically, uh, we well, we've got Squid Game. Yeah. But Squid Game is so completely different a thing. Uh, it is more, you know, anti-capitalist agitprop. Yeah. Uh, where this, while it does have that element to it, is much more just a, a character drama. Yep. And oh God, do I love it. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I'm watching, I've been watching right now, I'm watching something called Inspector Coop. Okay. It, and I mean, it too, it's, it's about hunting for a serial killer. Of course. Most TV and, shows uh, are. Except that we we already, like, you know pretty early on who the serial killer is. Yeah. Except it's very confusing because I will tell you that our star, it's sometimes hard to figure out how come they all know she's, like, in her 40s? Because I wouldn't guess that. Based except, on her age? Well, no, based no based just on... Oh, sorry, based on her look, yes. On the look, right? Like, it's really hard to judge sort of ages until they get a lot older like the older woman in this you can actually tell but anyway right. never mind there's that's, a not, whole, important. that's uh, not important what's important is also, oh please are trying, but no what's important is they're also trying to do this thing like there's it's almost an anime uh a little bit of and a little bit of spookiness like she can at, 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 but it's the serial killer part of it, but it's trying for kind of comedy. It just doesn't, it's fun. I'm enjoying watching it, but it's not compelling like this is. Yeah. Well, no, like, and that's, that is the thing that separates Vincenzo from so many other things is that it's juggling so many genres, yeah. but it's doing it without losing any of the power of any of those genres. Yeah, I mean, like the comedy is... stuff is all hilarious, and the drama stuff is all compelling, and the uh, the thriller stuff is all very intense. Yeah, so you're you're sort of stuck with with going, okay, everything has to um, come up to this standard. This is going to be almost unique. Yeah, I already told you about possession. Yeah, like the ones that I that I talk about. Because I started watching Silent Sea and got into the third episode and said, oh, I'm not going to waste my time on this. Right. But everybody else seems to be watching it. But Possession was good. But they could have cut it back by at least two episodes because it was tedious at times. Yeah. But the story was really good. And I wanted to see how it ended. And I know that with the problem with Korean dramas, you have to watch each episode and go through it the way it's set up. Otherwise, you miss something. Yeah. And 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 in my learning Korean, I am now on day thirty-five, and oh yes, I'm recognizing the odd word. Awesome. <laughs> but that's about it. It is very difficult for me. 
So uh, we, we will track this. I will tell you how I'm doing in another month. There we go. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, yes, uh, we pick up exactly where we left off. Vincenzo yeah. is about to be executed by yeah. the mob. And yeah. then he looks over. And okay, so I, I, I mean, I had no idea this was coming. Because I think it was last week where I was talking about how, you know, when we were talk, we talk about the show's subtext a lot. And we talk about the show's imagery a lot and how well it uses that stuff. And I mentioned, you know, about how the way that he feels about Nzagi mm -hmm. is the way that he feels about the people who live in the building. And the building yes. is an entity. And like that is that is a parallel that has been drawn the entire time. Yes. Right? And now, as he's about to be executed, <laughs> Inzaghi's there looking at him, and he looks at Inzaghi, and the guy's like, uh, uh, I was told that I could make your death painful as long as you uh, apologize oh, painless. to painless. your brother. Yes, painless, if you apologize to your brother. And he's like, he can, you know, I'll never respect him even after I'm dead. Like, damn, Vincenzo. Love it. Absolutely love it. And then he looks over. There's Inzaghi. He's looking at him. And Inzaghi takes off. And 500 pigeons come with him. <laughs> and swarm the gunmen. Which is all Vincenzo needs. All the distraction Vincenzo needs. To grab the gun and start shooting. And like, literally the moment that Vincenzo has been able to take, like, is able to take over it's and grab that. the gun, all of the pigeons just get out of there. Yeah, except for Inzaghi. Except for Inzaghi, of course. But it's like, they all clear out. The minute the minute he's got it handled, they all just leave. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and so he shoots the three guys. He kills the three guys. And then yeah. he looks at Inzaghi and is like, you know, thanks, but a penguin can't, as penguin, oh my god, a pigeon can't, like, Help a person, on. right? No, he just looks at it. That was you. Is that you, Inzaghi? Inzaghi, right? yeah. And that's all he says at this point. Yeah, at this point, later but on. That's, it's later on where he's like, "Pigeon can't actually help a person, can it? It's so save, save a man. Yeah, save a man's <laughs> life. Yeah. Oh my God, it's so good. Yes, this, it I is. Mean, this yeah. scene, this I mean, this whole episode is incredible, but. Uh, last week, what was I saying? I have no idea how he's going to get out of this. No. Who and then, could... uh, yeah, who could possibly intervene? Like, this is a terrible situation. Who could possibly intervene to get him out of this? And they found a way that's not only completely satisfying, but works with the larger themes of oh, no. he's he's trying to save the building and the building is going to save him. Like yeah. it's re it's reinforcing that theme that he came here to just take the money he had buried inside and leave, and instead he found a family. Yeah, I mean it's it's it is a fascinating, and Inzaghi is part of that. And by the way, I should I did look up. We were trying to figure out what the word name Inzaghi meant. It's yeah. the name of a famous football player in Italian Italy. football player. Okay, yeah, which. Considering we don't watch soccer and Why, stuff. How like would that. we possibly know that? Yeah. Yeah. But I, in Korea, it would have, yeah. you know. People would have known it right away because it's a huge soccer culture. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. That's why Inzaghi is called Inzaghi. Uh, but anyway, uh, then, of course, uh, you know, remember, she, he was supposed to be 
meeting her on the roof for drinks. Yeah. Uh, so Cha, uh, him, uh, oh my God. No, I will never say that name right. Uh, so yes, she comes up looking to join him for drinks and he's like, ah, the pigeons have, uh, the pigeons have crapped everywhere. We probably shouldn't go up there to drink. Like, it's just, it's much, much more messy than I realized it was. And then she, then she calls these, she calls the pigeons a name. Yeah, she's right? talking she about how filthy they are. And he says, don't you don't talk you about Don't ever talk about like <laughs> He's a good bird. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Takes it so personally. Which, how could he not? His life just got saved by this bird. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> oh, but yeah, it's it's another great moment in an episode that yeah, it's like you you better not hurt his feelings. <laughs> oh, I know. A pigeon. He's a good pigeon. You better not hurt his feelings. my pigeon. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so good. And she's uh, going. Hey, what? Okay, I um. Uh, so one thing I didn't know, I looked up the trivia on this on IMDb, yeah. and there's not a ton in there, but there's surprisingly little in there. Uh, but one thing I know, so they go back to the office to drink, and then we'll cut away before we see that happen. But fun thing. So there are four, uh, there are four plants in the office, right? Uh, oh. in the, in the law firm. And each one of the plants is named after a character that the guy who plays Vincenzo played in the past. Oh, really? Apparently the writer is just like obsessed with this actor and it was uh, written for him with him in mind. Ah, it's yeah. sort of a Christopher Walken thing. <laughs> yes, exactly. Where it's like, this is, this is definitely a part that exists only so he can play it apparently. And yes. that's why he's doing such a great job. <laughs> uh, so then we go back. Oh, we go back to the art gallery um, where Miss, I've been calling her Choi. How am I supposed to say this name? Oh, it's, I think it, well, it depends, but Chai. 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 Okay. Uh, right. They That's are reporting about how badly this went and how the art gallery scam has fallen apart. Right. And so <laughs> Junwoo, of course, smashes the, the piece of art she was so obsessed with. The uh the piece of the art of absence, piece. the priceless piece of art, which was just a set of footprints in a piece of plaster. Yeah. <laughs> Fine art. Never mind, I still remember oh, oh uh in the art gallery in Ottawa. This is when you guys were little. Yeah. Um, and we went to see it and there was like uh a rock. Yeah. Some, and then there was this. At the bottom of the mine, it was a canvas that was all black. <laughs> it was just painted all black, but it had a really great name, right? And yeah. then it was, and then you had these two rocks that were in one corner that was something about the river. And I'm just, and I can remember talking yeah. to someone who was, you know, sort of like an art person while well, she was an artist. Well, it was Skander's mother. Oh, okay. Petra, right? And and we got into talking. I said, I understand what they're trying to do. And I understand what they're saying. But I said, honestly. You're just not honestly, interested. Do you know how much money this man got to put black paint on, on canvas? a canvas? Do you know how much it got paid to put two rocks on the ground there? Come on. I gave it a great name. And I'm just going, 
Come on. You know, I can understand why people, I like, I can appreciate sort of what they're doing at an art, art level or at a conceptual level, but I'm going, I can understand why people get upset. Yeah. It was like, watch his face is fire. Oh, voice of fire. Yeah. Voice of fire, right? And I'm just like, I can understand why people get upset that the gallery paid $1.5 million for this piece of art. Yep. I I can understand most people because this whole business of conceptual art that is, anyway, and that's what this is. It, that's exactly what this is. Yeah. You know, and it's like, and she's and she cries and cries because and it's been cries. destroyed. Yep. Yeah. Well, no, because she actually—that's the thing. Yeah, most of the fine art she is a scam, it. but she actually loves this stuff. Yeah, she really does. So it's it's meaningful to her that it has been destroyed. Uh, so then we get, of course, they're planning to flee the country. Well, not all of them, just Jun Wu, because he knows the file has been compromised, and so they know all about his money laundering using yep. the art gallery so he's gonna have to flee the country so they're like so he says to the chairman get me on the first plane to new york because he can always flee back to new york where he went to school and then uh oh boy if you think if you think you don't know uh you know what's coming you never do on this show oh and then of course uh vincenzo calls up luca to report that the assassins came for him we don't know how that's gonna pay off later yet but they do uh Miss Choi gets a uh, a little note that oh by the way the assassins are all dead. Well, but first of all, right, Jun Wu, our chair, our the yeah Jun Wu, the real chairwoman, chairman, um, says, but I want to, I don't want to leave until yeah. I know for sure Vincenzo's, Vincenzo's dead. dead. Yeah, and then she gets the uh, the picture of the three dead hitmen. Yeah. She's like, oh, hell, it didn't work. And, you know, and so <laughs> the and then, the head of Wu Sang and the chairman are criticizing her for hiring more incompetence to do the job. And it, there's not yes. a lot she can say about it because this is the, like this is the third time like they've lost a team of uh, specialists and hitmen going yes. after Vincenzo. <laughs> of course, one of those teams is still alive and working for Vincenzo now, but they don't know that yet. No. But yeah, like she does not have a good track record with this re well, as of late since Vincenzo so showed up. It's the old story. It's Vincenzo because it's all worked for her before. Yeah, up exactly. Point, everything has always worked. Yeah, because she's never been up against a criminal. She's only been up against law abiding people. Yeah. It's like, and so she thought just being the prosecutor who's willing to step outside the law whenever she wanted meant she was extremely successful. But now that she's up against a guy who's just as happy to step outside the law as she is, suddenly she has lost her main advantage. Yes. It's great. And then they walk out and our heroic prosecutor comes up and says, I wanted to be here personally to arrest you, Jun Wu, and we'll finally deal with it. And it's like, finally bring you to the justice you deserve. And you're like, and we, the audience is like, oh, thank God. Yes. Thank God this is finally coming down on this guy. I mean, there's five more episodes after this one, so we assume he's going to wiggle out of it somehow. But we don't, we don't yeah. know how just yet. Like, uh, in this moment, we're all very happy to actually see 
people identify who he is, that he's the chairman, that he's a villain, and to put the cuffs on him. Yeah. It's it's a very satisfying moment. And then we get Vincenzo uh, going out and feeding Inzaghi. Yes. And this is the scene I was talking about. It's like, can you really save a man's life or am I just projecting? Yeah. Yeah. And I think we all know what's happening. Yes. But uh, it is hard to internalize the idea that uh, pigeons could, like, choose to help you. But the crazy part is, and I know this is not really related to the show at all, but it's worth mentioning that, like, this is actually, like, birds are, I don't know about pigeons, birds are capable of holding grudges. And birds are capable of becoming your friends. Like, I I know it seems crazy, but it's like, uh, there is demonstrated behavior that people who pester or annoy crows, that those crows have then, like, made it their business to continue bothering that person for months or even years. Like, they will hold grudges against specific people. Likewise, if you feed and treat crows well, they will start rewarding you by bringing you the shiny objects they scavenge as a way of paying you back for your kindness. Like, this is observed, repeatable behavior in birds. So I know it's very, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, the the fa- the fantastic realism, what's it called? A magical realism. That uh, magical realism that the the birds have become friends. That he could fall. Yeah, that he could call, call and his fellow pigeons to come and save his friend. I know it's it's a stretch, and it feels like magical real, but at the same time, you know, it's it's great. Well, yeah, ravens will do the same thing too. Exactly. Uh, ravens and crows, like the cor- the corvid subspecies or sub yeah. uh, fi- oh, uh, kingdom. Yeah, it it is it is, and Family, this will yes. we have to get to the end for all of this to be oh to pay off. I'm sure. Plan to pay off but yeah um it's it's it was the first time i watched it it was just like i was like you like how the hell is he going to get out of this and then the birds all come and of the course you flying away in the moon i know so, so when he's flying into the moon i said this is this kind of imagery right that in this show you accept unlike when i watched forrest gump and the 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 feather is floating up or whatever it is, and I'm going, oh, for heaven's sakes! I Did know we that because it wasn't set up. They haven't earned it. They hadn't earned it in Forrest Gump, whereas in this show, they earn it. Like you've already seen all of his different battles and final acceptance. Yeah. Of Enzagi. Yeah. Right. And and so Enzagi. Having been accepted, being fed all the time, yeah, and having this relationship, says, "Okay, I'm going to help you. Yeah. You cannot, you cannot die." It's. I mean, it's a beautiful scene. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. It was a beautiful scene, and it's such a great payoff for their relationship. That's the thing. It's like he's been developing a relationship with this bird, which again is his relationship with the building. And it's yeah. it's perfectly handled. I mean, I I was again, I cannot say enough good things about this show generally, but the fact that they went to that crazy a place to get him out of trouble, 
Like, yeah. It just makes me respect the show all the more and be more impressed with what it's doing because it's willing to do these crazy things, take and these huge it. swings. Yeah, and treat it as if it's just normal, everyday stuff. Yeah. And so now we get uh, a key scene where uh, Chayun is checking out the sweat, uh, not the sweater, the scarf that Vincenzo's mother knitted for her. And she yeah. finally opens the letter that she was given and told, to, no, no, don't open it now. Open it at home. And I have to assume this is her, like, because uh, Yun cries when she reads it. So yeah. I have to assume it's her finding out that Vincenzo, like, maybe it's something else, but I was assuming in this scene, her finding out that Vincenzo is this uh, woman's son. Sorry. Or yes, it's re I something related to that. Yes. Yeah, but uh, like stuff about her son, and uh, we're we're gonna get payoff for that later. And then the next morning, we go to watch the big press conference where they announce all the charges against Babel. Yeah. Uh, and this this was a kick I didn't see coming. Who saw that coming? Who saw this coming? Nobody saw this coming. Oh my god! Yeah. Uh, the prosecutor stabs Vincenzo in the back. Yep, big time. Oh my god, he stabs Vincenzo in the back. He says that there is no evidence against Babel. Like, no evidence of any kind against Babel. It has been a completely, like, a prosecution based on nothing. And he apologizes to Babel for, you know, sullying their good name. So that's a frustrating scene. <laughs> and Chen, Chayan. Yeah, is, I mean, everyone is unbelievably angry because how could they not be? Yes. They're like, how could this man have betrayed us? And I love that Vincenzo, like, he's, he gets a moment of surprise, but he's like, manages to cover up and not feel betrayed because as he says later, Basically, I've come to expect betrayal. <laughs> yeah. But Chayang uh, throws coffee cup in yeah. the TV screen. Smashes the TV, Mr. Nam, and it's like, and even, by the way, even the mobsters are like heartbroken and crestfallen. Yes. Like that is how fully everyone has gotten on board with this war against Babel. Even the mobsters who used to work for them are angry and frustrated that Babel keeps getting away with this stuff. Yeah, and it is, you know, and so, of course, Chayang is going to go and confront him and Vincenzo stops her. Yep. As you can't. Nope. It won't do any good. Yeah. All you're so, doing when you do stuff like that, all you're doing is showing them our cards. Yes, and we have to make moves that they don't see coming. And all you're doing when you go and scream at them is revealing that we have a plan or you're revealing something about yourself. And no, like, that can't be what you do. We have to be as careful as they are. But yeah, watching her smash the TV is fantastic. And, and I mean, it's fascinating because as she says, well, aren't you angry? Well, of course, I'm furious. <laughs> well, did, well, did you see this guy? He said, look. He said, she says, how could you, how could we not see this? And he said, look, when your enemy comes at you with a knife. Yeah. It's easy. Yeah. But when and the I, enemy keeps the knife hidden. Yeah. 
Yeah. How are you supposed to know? Exactly. And I mean, yeah. his whole life has led him up to understanding. Oh yeah. This is the sort of thing that's going to happen. Oh. Um, so you should always be prepared for the worst. Yeah. And speaking of, they, they set something up this episode that I'm very worried about for the coming weeks. Like very, but we'll, we'll talk about it when we get there, but it's like, Prepared for the worst. I don't know if I can emotionally take what's going to happen very soon, but uh, we'll talk about whether they go that way. When we get there. When we get there. When we get there. So um, here's one of my favorite scenes, though, for how bleak this show is. So the prosecutor goes to see the head prosecutor, who we all know is working for Babel. We've seen that scene. And he's like, well, you know, obviously it's good to have you on board, but you're going to have to do a two week suspension so we can pretend to punish you. And then when you come back, obviously you're going to need a more prominent position. And in maybe the coldest thing that has ever happened on this show, he just blithely mentions that so-and-so's office is available. Remember the guy that Junwoo beat to death with a hockey stick? (laughs) Yeah, his office is available, so you can have that one. Yep. Uh, And then we cut back in time, because that's how this show works. To write out, like, to where they took Jun Woo after they arrested him at the, uh, at the art gallery. And we see the prosecutor making his pitch for why he should get, be bribed to, uh, he should be bribed for a new position and he will get them off. And obviously Jun Woo's like, what do you possibly have that would be worth me, you know, dealing with you? And the guy's like, I've got the guillotine file or guillotine file, if you prefer to pronounce it correctly. Yes. And damn, and it's such a good play on his part, because he's been told by Mr. Cho that the guillotine file can never be retrieved because it's in this locked uh, safe, and the only key that could open the safe is also locked in the safe, meaning that there's no way to get it. And so this guy's like, well, if no one can possibly have it, then no one can call me a liar for saying I have it. And it's, I mean, it's a smart move on his part, because if he knows exactly where it is and that, you know, Jun Woo can't possibly have it, then Jun Woo has to assume he's telling the truth. Like, yeah. I mean, on a Machiav- Machiavellian standpoint, it's actually a very good move he makes. I mean, he's corrupt and he's awful, but he's he's making solid moves and you got to respect that. Yeah. Plus, Babylon civility. Yeah, Exactly where it's at so yep he can get to it pretty quickly yeah when he has to yeah but i just love that he says yeah i've got it and then he rushes home uh that night after his uh, back oh please wait a sec you're missing oh what did i leave out the key point with our real chairman yeah the ring his quote you miss i i didn't mention the yes the one ring thing to rule them all. Yeah, and he precious. knows that if he gets the guillotine, the guillotine file, then he will, like, have ultimate power over all of Korea. Yep. If he can my just get precious. his hands on it. And he calls he it my precious. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly watch, watch the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Way too much as he was growing up. Yep. Well, he moved to America. It was big here. It was big everywhere, especially big in North America. All right. Uh, it won all the Oscars, you know, like it's, it's a big movie that, uh, 
that return of the king. So the prosecutor goes home and he finds that Vincenzo is there waiting for him, having dinner with his family. Yeah. <laughs> Just because, you know, Vincenzo knows how to terrify people. He was, you know, he was muscle for the mob. He gets it. So then he takes the prosecutor outside and the prosecutor begs for his family's life. And he's and Vincenzo's like, I'm not a monster. I'm not going to kill your family. I'm just going to kill you. And the guy begs and he's like, is there anything I can do? And Vincenzo says a key thing, which is, and I think it's a nice thing to remember, that when you become corrupt, you abandon all dignity and self-respect. Right? And so there's no way you aren't, won't be willing to debase yourself once you've decided that you're corrupt. Yep. And I think that's an interesting point, because I think Vincenzo's right. Because you always talk about, why is it that it's like, uh, why is it that politicians, well, not, I mean, right-wing politicians in America can't be shamed anymore, right? And because it used to be, you could, when someone lied, when someone did something bad, blah, 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 you could publicly shame them and they, and they would go away. And the answer is because up until very recently, Right-wing politicians in America, like, believed in things and wanted to accomplish things. But now, they're all just people who are either full-on insane or just criminals who are pulling scams. And once you're a criminal pulling scams, it doesn't matter what you say or do as long as you get the money. Let's get back to Vincenzo. Well, no, but it's relevant because it's about the nature of corruption. He's right, and we can see that in our day-to-day lives in the way right-wing politicians in America act, the, uh, act, they lie all the time, and when they're called out on it, they just, they have no reaction whatsoever, because they don't have any shame, they don't have any dignity. All they care about is making their money, right? And continuing their power. And I think it's it's interesting how perfectly this show diagnoses the origins of that behavior. But anyway, yeah. it's it's a brilliant show, is the point. And he says the the pivotal thing, which I love, which is, no, go, uh, go, be a prosecutor, live out your dreams. I'm not going to kill you now. Once you have accomplished everything you want to in life, once you are at the absolute top of the hill, that's when I'm going to kill you. I'll take it all away. Yeah, once you have everything you want, that's when I'll take it all away from you. Like, damn, Vincenzo. Yep. Oh, you have to love him, though, don't you? Well, because he he just he's clear about who he is, yep. what he's doing, yep. and how to do it, mm-hmm. and he understands what is going to make all of these other people, yeah, afraid. He knows, yeah, he knows how to create fear in these corrupt people because that's who he's been dealing with his entire life. Well, and what's so funny about this is. And he says, and cook your daughter pasta more <laughs> often. She told me that when you guys go out to dinner, you never order what she wants. You never let them order what they want. You order for them. <laughs> like, oh my God, Vincenzo, you're, you're such a miracle worker. <laughs> oh, he's such a fantastic character. <laughs> Oh my god, I love it. I I adore this scene. No, it was really good because of course his family absolutely loves Vincenzo. Yes, everybody loves he Vincenzo. Loves he cooked them supper. 
Yeah, he cooked them supper. He's so nice. He's such a cool, he's such a cool guy. Everybody loves him. He tells them stories about, uh, you know, Italy and the famous people he knows. Like, it, I'm sure he's a wonderful dinner guest. Like, 100%. <laughs> I guarantee Vincenzo is a wonderful dinner guest. Then again, obviously, so was uh, Hannibal Lecter. Being a dinner guest, good dinner guest, doesn't make you a great person. Uh, oh, and I mean, the, the beauty of this show is that Vincenzo never pretends to be a good person. Yep. Knows exactly who he is. Mm -hmm. He may not always be happy with who he is, but he knows who he is. There is no, there is no pretense with Vincenzo. No. He doesn't try, he doesn't lie to himself and he doesn't lie to other people about who he is. Yeah. It's part of what makes him such a wonderful character. And then we get, uh, and then we get, uh, uh, Yu's next move, which is he wants to get a newspaper article. He needs something to rehab their image and pump up the stock price. So he wants, he tells his brother, go get me a newspaper article about how we're working on our clean battery technology for cars. And, and I, the brother's well, like, uh, we haven't actually made any progress on that. Well, yeah, I don't care. I don't I care. Don't... We're not going to sell cars. I just need the stock to go up. Yeah. So I can cash some of it out and improve our financial situation. And I mean, and then with this, this little, this little nudge to this business of perfection, right? Yep. So, you know, he, he ruffles his brother's hair, mm -hmm. right? And then so front chairman goes, and I had it perfect today. <laughs> <laughs> this, what he takes away from this entire conversation. Yeah. He muffed my hair. How could he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that made me laugh. Well, uh, what I love is, and then we get a key scene where just like the people of the building are sitting around having a meal and talking about how it's crazy that it's like before Mr. Cassano got here, like we never actually thought about how the world worked. We were all just going through our lives in our day to day. And it's like, and they're essentially describing that they just got woke to how these giant corporations walk over everybody and it's yeah. like it's something that had never occurred to them before and they never they never saw the world they were living in and you know vincenzo being around and going to war with babel has opened their eyes to the way the world really works and it's like for the first time in their lives they actually feel like they have a purpose and are you know working towards something and it's a great scene yeah and and it's it's so you know it's so and it's the woman who runs the snack bar. Yep. There and the couple are going to now finally start to try to have a baby. Yep. That's what's you know that's the key. If there's any key that tells you how how everything has changed for these people, yep. it's that they have decided they are They're going ready. to try yeah. to have a baby. Yep. So, you know, I mean, that that's a big step and everybody's thrilled for them. Yeah. And so now we get a scene. Now we get a wonderful scene at a boutique where uh, uh, <clears throat> uh, <laughs> Chayun reveals to Vincenzo that she knows that who her mother is and lists. Well, off. it's not in the boutique. It's after it's they right buy. After, but the boutique. Yes, it's after they go. But the point is like, uh, 
Uh, he says she says that he should pick out some nice stuff for her since she's as she hasn't gone out in years since she's been in jail and now she's in a hospital. But you're right. It's when they go out and they get a drink after they go to the boutique. Coffee. Coffee. Yeah, coffee. Yes. They go out for coffee. Right. And they uh, and they talk about it. And he's like, how did you figure it out? <laughs> and so she talks about the uh, she talks about it and it's like, do you think that I think that you're such a good guy that you would pay for all of the medical bills of a complete stranger and care this much that she gets better? Also, you both did the same joke about fish. The fish yeah. cakes. Which <laughs> <laughs> is very funny. Yeah. Uh, oh my god. It's Pat and Billy, she doesn't tell him about the, the letter. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what I noticed in this scene too. And I'm like, what the hell is in that letter that she didn't mention the letter? So And remember, um, he also takes on the bank. Yes. Right? It was owned by the man who ended up putting her in prison. Yeah. Who tried to rape her. Who tried so. to rape her and then uh she got thrown in prison for killing. Yes. He yeah. and he also went after the bank for that exact reason. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, also because they were teaming up with Babel and he was going to teach them a lesson either way. But there yeah. it, there was a double reason with the bank as compared to yeah. as compared to everything else. But yeah, again, more great acting from Vincenzo in this scene as he yeah. is trying to keep himself contained because his entire persona is that he has this distance from everyone. And finally... Chaiyun is like seeing that these sides to him and that he isn't 100% a monster. And he is not at all comfortable with that. No, no, he is not comfortable with someone having sympathy for him because he believes himself to be a monster. That it, and uh, yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. And every bit, the monster that the people he's fighting are like, that is 100% what he believes and so he's not comfortable with the idea of someone having sympathy for him. It's part of what makes him such an interesting character. Yeah, it, it is It is actually quite interesting because, and of course, she is trying to tell him based on her own experience because she and her father yeah. never settled things before he was killed. Yeah, and she's like, you've got to communicate with your mother. Yeah. He's got a chance to do something about this because she's slow dying. Yeah. Right? He has time to make this thing things right with his mother. Yes. In a way that she didn't and that she would have loved to have. Yeah. And I mean, we know uh, from the last conversation Vincenzo had with her. Yeah. Uh, sorry, with the father that he was completely fine with his daughter and he knew his daughter was going to like find herself again and he was right. And the tragedy, yeah. of course, is that it took his death to do it. Yes. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, my God. So then they go and see Vincenzo's mother. And it's another heartbreaking scene. Yes. And the key here is that Vincenzo's going to take her out for a walk. Yep. And that she has decided that she wants a retrial. Yeah. She does want to fight things. She does want the retrial. She's not going to just let this thing stand. She's not just going to quietly go to her grave, taking the bribe from the bank. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's again, scene after scene, this show always delivers. Yes. It really does. Yeah. And every 
everyone in this scene, like the acting, not just everyone in the scene, everyone in the show. Yeah. You cannot fault any of the actors. Yeah. None like, of their choices are bad. No, this director was brilliant. Yeah. No, he really was. It's so perfectly cast. The directing is so good. It is a magnificent show. Ah, uh, and then we get uh more of more scheming from uh the fake chairman. Uh right, more scheming not from the fake chairman. Uh from Jun Woo and the uh the head of the newspaper. Yeah. Right? And just uh demanding that he uh get, you know, puff pieces about the electric vehicles. Right? And uh the guy warns him and it's like everybody, like are you sure you want to gamble on the stock market? Like this is like everybody's doing that these days to the point where it's kind of a sucker's game. And he's like, just do it. I'm in charge. Well, it's not all that, but the yeah. chairman of, of the newspaper says, but even elementary kids are, are yeah, on even elementary are buying stocks. Like, you know, so, and, and that's a, an attempt to appeal to something in him that says, well, no, you can't do this to children. I know what you want to do. Yeah. You want to ruin everybody. You know, and you're going to ruin everyone. Yep. Even these poor little children who are, and he couldn't care less, of course. Of course not. Oh, oh, and then we get a follow up. Uh, we didn't mention that uh, the the chairman, of course, Jun Woo, said to get rid of the uh, the woman who ran the art gallery since she's not yes. useful anymore, and we can't have her testifying against us. And the follow up on that is that we see her going to the balloon people to smuggle her out of the country <laughs> trying to buy their service oh it's so beautiful yeah and then they find out about the uh they get the news about the electric car and like what's this going to do to the stock and uh then we cut back and things get amazing because we have yet another thing i didn't see coming because everyone is so unbelievably angry at Babel and they have no idea what they're going to do. And Vincenzo seems chill about the whole, like, weirdly oh. chill about the whole situation. Like, he's not concerned at all. And the question is, well, why isn't he concerned at all? And then, oh, but I do love that Mr. Dom is like, hey, wait, maybe the prosecutor is just pretending to switch sides so that he can expose all of Babel's secrets. Huh? And it's just like, Coming up with some way to justify where they're not completely screwed. And and then Vincenzo reveals why he's not worried about it at all. Oh, yeah, by the way, I have the guillotine file. <laughs> oh, my God, he's had it this whole time. <laughs> so, yeah, that whole thing where we were like, oh, how could he make that mistake and throw both the lock and the guillotine <laughs> file down into the thing? Yeah, that was on purpose. He wanted yep. everyone to think the guillotine file was locked away forever so that he could <laughs> use it without anyone coming and looking for it. <laughs> Again, and it's, it is perfectly in tune with Vincenzo because we're like, wow, he really panicked in that scene. I'm like, but Vincenzo doesn't panic. And yeah. He was all a con. He was playing a con on Mr. Cho. Unbelievable. And I'm going to say it. I had no idea. No, neither did I the first time I watched it. I had no it's idea. So, 
so satisfying watching it again. I know, because you see all of the pieces this time. Oh my god, and so now they're going to be able to use it to get whatever they want, and they they finally have the leverage after all of this. They finally, finally can start making moves. Yep. Yep. And then uh, we get a, uh, right? And then we get a scene, right, of the uh, the chairman of Wusang and the fake chairman having a conversation about it. it's like, how did he, how did Jun Wu get out from under the prosecutor? And they're like, he must have cut some, the prosecutor must have cut some of deal. He must have the guillotine file. And it's interesting that Jun Wu is not letting anybody in on his deal with the prosecutor. Like he did yeah. not report this to his lawyer or to his brother. Who knows? Maybe he didn't even tell Miss Che about it. Like, yeah. It's not. It's not about the guillotine file. It's about the the accounting files. Right, the accounting files. Yes, sorry, not the guillotine. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. no the accounting nobody... files that they got from. Yeah, nobody knows about the guillotine file. Yeah. Uh, no, yes, about the accounting files they got from the uh, from how they were secreting money around at the art gallery. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And now and they can't figure yeah. out. What the hell is going on? They will soon oh, enough, course. right? Because Absolutely. When once his face comes back, gets his promotion, gets the big office. Yeah. And so now we get this wonderful scene where they're like, okay, well, who are we going after next? We have the file. We have the ability to go after people. And the first target is the newspaper because this is gutter press at its worst. They essentially just put out lies constantly and they kiss up to the powerful and they cover up for corruption. And they, I mean, to use the term that exists for this purpose, manufacture consent for rich people. Yes. You know, what Fox does in America. Yep. They manufacture consent. And now in Canada. And now in Canada. They manufacture consent so the rich people can stay in charge. That's what the news is for. And yeah, Fox News is the worst and most blatant, but to a certain extent, that's what all news is for. Oh, you think MSNBC is left-wing? Today, literally on Morning Joe, the day we're recording this, do you know what they did? What? A 10-minute segment on a national cable news broadcast about how horrible it is that a man stole $100 worth of steak from Trader Joe's. Oh, you're kidding. They did. Yep. Oh, anyway, let's get back. To <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. I knew you would be. I knew, but it's like, again, national news, a man st uh, stealing steak, a hundred dollars worth of steak, not even a crime, not even a felony amount of shoplifting, literally just nothing. <laughs> but yeah. So yeah, manufacturing consent, it's everywhere. Don't think your favorite news source. If your favorite news source is owned by a giant corporation, they're doing it too. Okay, doesn't matter which news source it is. Yeah, so you gotta you gotta listen to new NPR or NPR helps. Yeah, CBC is not bad. It's not terrible. It's not it great tries. either. At least it tries. But anyway, let's get back to Vincenzo because <laughs> yeah, the they're next gonna go after the oh no, it's the Miss Che and. Uh, and Jun Wu's well, talking no, about no, the guillotine no, file. No, before that. Oh, yeah. Right? So they're looking at the guillotine file. Yep. Right? And in walks fake chairman. Yes, fake chairman. And they have to cover it all up. And he, and he brings them that really, really expensive coffee. Yeah, the expensive coffee that civets have to digest before you can <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> drink it. 
But yeah, then we cut away to um, that briefly to Jun Woo yes. and Miss Che talking about how you know the like what they could do, what they could do if they got a hold of the guillotine file. That it yeah. really would be the Lord of the Rings. We would be in charge of everything of the whole country if we could just get our hands on this file. So they know that is it is literally worth anything to get because people would put anything do anything to stop it and i love that they mentioned that in the uh in the scene which is that it's like we'll just put this all on the internet and vincenzo's like putting stuff on the internet doesn't change anything no it doesn't change anything because as he said in the previous scene people don't have any shame like you can't shame these people so you have to use the file the way it's meant to be used to blackmail them yeah <laughs> and so that's and, what we're gonna do with it and it's quite clear as Miss Tress says when when Jun Wu right you know does his Lord of the Rings thing again yeah right Miss Cho has never seen it because as not. she says she says well if you say so yeah whatever <laughs> whatever she's I mean it's translated as sure but basically yeah. well yeah okay, okay if you sure. say so. Yeah, he sure. doesn't. She doesn't. She doesn't care about this nerd crap. She just no, wants she, the power. She may not even. She may not even understand what he's talking about. What he's talking about, but yeah, okay. Yeah, whatever. You say it, fine. Yeah, but yes. And so the chairman is like, "I seriously, I will make Babel good. You just have to help me get rid of my brother." And so they give him another test. This is fake chair. Yeah, chair the person. fake chairman. So they give yeah. him. Because uh, you remember how he uh, he said all of the incorrect things when they were at the gym to prove that uh, the chairman knew nothing about business. So they're yeah. like, OK, well, let's do a test. And they like ask him very basic economics questions, which he completely fails to understand in any way, shape or form. Although he has started studying. He has started doing the reading, though. Yeah, and and it and he did when he came in. He explained, right? Yeah, and he's you know he he is trying, but and he will be a good he will be a good person, and running Babel. But you yeah. know, at the same time, right? He still is himself because, of course, he talks about how messy their office is, how horrible their coffee is because yeah. they don't, you know, because Mister. Mr. Nam goes, like, he says, well, why didn't you make my coffee? And he said, well, you didn't bring us a coffee maker. Yeah, we just have one of these pod-based things. I can't exactly, t- I can't grind beans and make a coffee, like, make fancy coffee here. Yeah, you know, you yeah. want us to do that? Bring us a coffee maker, too. I know, it's so good. And then we get, um... Oh my god. The quiz was so funny though. It, no, the quiz was hilarious. The quiz is really good with him just constantly botching everything, but then we get like a pivotal scene for understanding Jun Wu. After the Lord of the Rings conversation, he and Miss Che went to a bar to like keep talking and get drunk. And he is just screaming and like self-pitying and frustrated about it. it's like how much he needs to get rid of Vincenzo. Like, because this guy has taken my money and he's humiliated me and he's ruining my life. And what are we going to do about this guy? And then Miss Shea is like, well, you know, we could go after his family. 
And he's like, why? Are they working on, are they helping him with this? <laughs> why are they? And then she has to say, you know, for normal people, family is what they value most. Oh, really? Really? Okay, we'll do family then. I think I might have heard of that somewhere. Isn't that fantastic? <laughs> it's such a hilarious thing. It's like, oh, right, this is who Jun Woo is. He's such a monster that it, he forgets that people value their families. And we already know he killed his father. He killed his father and like... And look at the way he treats his look, brother. Well, no, but he would be happy to kill his brother if there was any reason to. If there yeah. was any profit in it, he'd kill his brother. But he's keeping yeah. his brother around to use as a scapegoat if he needs to. Take the fall for him. As he says, I'm not going to send you to jail unless it's something I really can't get out of. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, stop. And I just love that the brother keeps trying to volunteer to go to jail. He's done it twice now. Just because he's so desperate to get away from Chun Woo. And honestly, <laughs> jail would be preferable to suffering under Chun Woo's thumb. Which, you know what? I completely believe that he would see it that way. Oh, man. But yeah, this is the scene that I'm so worried about because it's like, oh, God, they're going to go after his mother. Oh, I'm not ready for that. <laughs> I am just... No I'm, comment! Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. And the next, uh, the next morning... <laughs> the next morning, uh, Vincenzo and Chayun are talking to Mr. Nam, Mr. Nam. Uh, who has spent the entire night going through the file, and as he says, it would have given me nightmares if I could have slept. And of course he, he and they're having breakfast, right? Yeah, they're having breakfast. And of course the the head of the snack bar, she says, you know, because of course she hears everything. Yeah. And they're they're all going and they're going, what? Because they were whispering, right? She says, Yeah, well, when you started whispering, I started listening. <laughs> hey, yeah. yeah. It turns out the guy who runs the newspaper, uh, it's the family business, and he got put in yes. charge by murdering his brother. And making it look like an accident that he fell off a cliff while hiking. And unfortunately, what he didn't know was that there was a nature monitoring camera right nearby that witnessed it. So there is evidence that he killed his brother. Yep. <laughs> sitting there that they can use against him however they please. And, uh... Oh, and they also find out uh, that he is obsessed with this shaman and never makes a business decision without the shaman say so. So anytime he has to make any kind of a decision, he gets the shaman to weigh in on it. Yes. And then, you know, I mean, Cha Young is like, well, how could anybody believe anything? So, you Ridiculous. know, and it, it turns out that our woman who is right. responsible, who owns the little snack bar -y thing. Yep whatever you want to call it, lunch bar, mm -hmm. right? It's, as she's, she's really smart, actually. She's the one that explained to everybody why they now care. She's also the one that says, but yes, the less people know about something, the more willing they are. To believe it. Yeah. <laughs> to believe it. Yeah. Right? And, and so then, then we... 
then we cut right to and by the way the uh the shaman is also a monster who's convicted uh convicted of fraud and sexual assault so yeah, yeah he's a really bad guy so we're not going to be upset when they drag him up to the roof and threaten to set him on fire <laughs> unless he does what they say <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, man. And this is the only time we really see Mr. On this episode. Just FYI. I'm a little disappointed we don't. I mean, I love Mr. On so much. I'm a little sad yeah. that this is the only time we really get to see him this episode. But there'll be more of him. I'm 100% sure there's going to be more of him. Uh, but it's notable. You can always tell their intention based on who he brings with him as his sidekicks. Yeah. You know, if if Mr. Lee... Uh, and Mr. Nam uh, An are there, well, then they're just threatening people. And yeah. if the two crystal balls are there, okay, somebody might be about to die. <laughs> There's a good chance somebody's going to die in this scene. Uh, yes, and now we get another <laughs> beautiful scene where they're like, okay, uh, we're going to have him send the, the guy who runs the newspaper to a new shaman. So who should pretend to be this shaman? And then Mr. On holds the vote. Yes. Mr. On holds the vote. So we all know who's getting selected. Uh, The only one who votes for somebody else. Yeah. Vincenzo's the only one who who votes for somebody else, who says Chayun should do it. And then they have the, I mean, it's the little things that make this scene because as he's pulling out all the names, right? Yeah. And some of them get it wrong. Yeah. Right? When they his name. Yeah. Right? And then, and then the, what is there? One Vegemite? Vegemite. Yeah. Oh, it's coming up soon. Yes, exactly. Know. But it's like they have all of these hilarious mispronunciations and spellings of Vincenzo. Saying, Mr. Vincenzo Corn Salad, I love you. I love you. I know. Oh, God. So good. Vitamin Senso. <laughs> and and now that I understand how Korean is written. Yeah. The jokes make a lot more sense. Well, the jokes make a lot more sense because you can actually just make one tiny little mistake in and your complete in the way you write something down, and it's a completely different word. Yeah, like you know, like like if the little if the little thing on there's a there's a horizontal line, if the if the little line below it, which is like a minuscule of a, it almost looks like a dot, yeah. goes down, it's one thing. If it goes up, it's another thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if it goes left with a vertical line or right, and how many times I have gotten messed up when I am trying, right? By, because they just sound different. Different, yeah. yes. So, you know, it's another one of those, I'm sure, little jokes. Oh, yeah. That some of these people are not don't write well yeah and some of it is deliberate like the corn salad of course oh no it's it's fantastic so then uh the oh my god so the guy who runs the newspaper goes to see his psychic and the psychic's like i can't conduct the spirits anymore i have lost the ability you're going to have to go see someone else and so he sends him God has left me. The mount, yeah, exactly. The mountain God has left me. So he sends him to Vincenzo, of course, at the building. You know, and they they've created this whole fake. 
uh, with a whole bunch of people waiting to uh, like <laughs> pretending to wait to see him and he's like i'm a rich guy i get to go in first because again now, people... i have i have an appointment yeah but he is also a rich guy and he wants to go in first <laughs> come on <laughs> But, I mean, it's it's just so cute. I have it is cute. Why didn't we think of that? Yeah, it is. <laughs> all right. Ah, yeah, because they've all taken a number. <laughs> yeah. They've all taken a number, and he's made a reservation. So he goes, and uh, he goes to see uh, Vincenzo, and of course, Vincenzo is doing this wonderful <laughs> airy performance. As <laughs> this guy with you know one foot out of reality and he and the guy's like you're just a fraud and then of course he immediately channels the spirit of the guy's dead brother saying why did you kill me yeah it's so cold here yeah oh and of course that's all it takes to freak this guy out obviously yeah and And in a wonderfully prophetic moment they're like you're doom like your brother has cursed you you killed your brother and he has cursed you and you know your doom is coming and this is the form your doom will take. And Shayun playing the uh, the auto writer writes down yeah. Babel. <laughs> and now we're going to get into the uh, and now we're going to get into the uh, area of self fulfilling prophecy in a bit, <laughs> because they tell him that Babel will be the source of his doom. Yeah. And there's the only thing he can, you know, there's only one thing you can do to stop it. And of course, that is turn on Babel. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. And, oh, uh, my God. But continue. He goes and he goes and does it. Yeah, he goes and does it. And he turns on Babel exactly like they wanted. Because uh, here's what we found out about that we haven't mentioned yet because it hasn't come up in the scene yet but it's kind of the pivotal thing in this episode we find out why june woo went to america yes i told you you would find i wasn't expecting that no he killed five four people four of his classmates classmates. yep he murdered And kept as a souvenir, he stole their wristwatches. Yeah. And damn. So we get flashbacks of him. Like he hunted someone in the woods, which is creepy as hell. He murdered a man. He strangled a guy with a football, right? With a a football net. Right? In the end zone, because uh, the guy had like, done something oh right during the game of football the guy had stolen the football from him at a pivotal moment and this angered him so much that later he killed that guy in the football pitch so he's i mean we know he's crazy and we know he's evil but he's always been that way he's been that way since he was a child yeah and we we see the picture and he killed six people yeah there are six watches yep so there's the more watches than we even know about. There's there's the watches he wears in public, and underneath it is a drawer with the watches of people he's killed, and there are six watches in it. Yeah, and uh, we don't know exactly what the detail is. I guess they're like the uh, 
the the four school masters we've heard about maybe he stole the prosecutor's watch i don't know yeah or like maybe there's just two other young him victims like we don't at this point in the show we don't know if that's something he's still doing or whether this is just from when he all from when he was a kid like they don't give us a firm 100 percent answer on that well we already know that he's killed at least one or two other people oh yeah absolutely but I'm just saying we don't know. Oh, no, absolutely. I understand that part. I'm just saying we don't, we didn't see him steal anybody else's watch no. during the show is all I'm saying. Like, we don't actually have a state, we don't have a clear statement about whose watches those are. That's all I'm saying there. Uh, but yeah, uh, but just the fact that, yeah, no, he's a serial killer. And we suspected that based on how ready he is to commit murder at like the drop of a hat. But Actually, hearing that he did it since he was a kid is, I mean, you think the show can't shock you. Yeah. And it's still got, it's still got stuff, it still has cards to play, you know? Oh, yeah. That's the thing. It's like, we know this guy's a monster, but it's like, they're, they are unwilling to in any way, like, uh, die, like um, what's the term I'm looking for? Hold back at all from what a monster he is like they are not there is no qualification there is no oh well he's just a guy and someone no it's like he is a monster through and through like he has been corrupt for his entire childhood it's kind of brutal well he's been evil in it's not even it's yeah i i would evil and corrupt is almost it's it, not a big enough word yeah oh. in his case yeah he is just fundamentally a monster. Yes. And I you know, just, born evil, so to speak. Although, honestly, given who his dad was. Yes, given who his dad was. I yeah. don't know that he was born evil. Yeah, but we also learn, don't we also learn in this episode what he did to his brother? Yeah. Right? That he tortured that his brother his whole life and his brother has been in therapy and doing drugs his whole life to cope with the monstrous abuse that his brother heaped on him. Yeah, and that is extremely important to remember. Oh, of Remember, because I kept on saying throughout this, well, you know, you're going to find out why he is so afraid of his brother. Oh, yeah, and this absolutely showed that. Yeah, but he's got the six watches from people he's killed, and he looks at them and smiles because he's a monster. As I say, he bragged about killing people. He thinks it's hilarious that he killed people. Yeah. Because again, he's a monster through and through. There is, there are no redeeming qualities to this man. He cannot be redeemed. Uh, so yes, I cannot wait to see where this goes from here. But Daiwan and Daiwan, so he has been told, mm -hmm. he goes back after the first thing he has done. Yeah. You know, which is cut all ties with Babel. And yeah. then... He goes back and it hasn't gotten rid of the curse, the curse. Right. And he's only got four days left to live. Mm -hmm. And this is horrid, right? Oh, God, yeah. He can't figure out why. And then, you know, so Vincenzo says, you have to tell the world what an evil man he is and what he did, what a demon child he was. Right. Yep. Put all of the evidence out there, not just about the battery stuff, not just about the company. Put it 
all out there. And so he actually publishes a story about the chairman being a serial killer. Yeah. Oh my god. And uh and of course <laughs> and the chairman's like, how are they finding out about this? Like, did you like okay, well who knows I killed these people? My dad, the detective, the prosecutor. Well, they're all dead. He turned yeah. to his brother. Like, oh, so you had them killed as well. Jesus. Or your father did while you were in New York, who knows? And then so he turns I, to his brother, did you tell them? And he and his brother quite reasonably is like they they put in pa to the press that I've been in therapy since I was a baby and I'm a dr heavy drug user. No, I didn't give them this information. Why would I want them to know that? Yeah. Why would I want the public to know that? And Jim was like, yeah, that makes sense. That actually makes sense. <laughs> he doesn't like his brother and he doesn't trust his brother, but he at least can believe he would be reasonable. And if he was yeah. making a move against his brother, he wouldn't publicly humiliate himself as well, because it would hurt his ability to take over the company. So yeah, it's like, yeah, he understands the play. Junwoo gets the play. Oh, <laughs> God, it's so good. But yeah. And so he publishes it. He publishes the message. Everyone. Uh, and then Vincenzo tells the guy he has shown great courage and his brother has forgiven him. And he yep. breaks down, and the guy breaks down weeping. Yep. Meanwhile, Mr. Cho is going to have a meeting with Vincenzo. Finally, they're going to talk again. <laughs> but the goons, uh, presumably, and the thing is, we don't actually get the who sent these goons. We assume it's the prosecutor. Uh, but I they don't actually, yeah. Does. Yeah. He was working with the prosecutor. Yeah, we know he was working with the prosecutor, so we assume the prosecutor has hired these goons to murder Mr. Cho to close the loop. Luckily, Vincenzo gets... I mean, Mr. Cho is a hell of a fighter on his own. Yeah, and look at that. It's a magnificent yeah. fight scene. Like, it really is. And we knew he's a great yes. fighter because he had that incredible fight scene with Vincenzo, right? That was just such a beautiful fight scene. All right? Yeah. And this fight scene is also great. Uh, but Vincenzo luckily should, but you know, there are four of them and one of him, so it's looking bad, but Vincenzo shows up to help. And finally, we get an explanation for what's been going on with Cho, which is that he was in the secret service, right? And he and the prosecutor, back when the prosecutor wasn't, you know, before he had turned corrupt, had been, a, like, had been assigned to go and track down the guillotine file after it disappeared. And that's what he's been working on this whole time. When he and Vincenzo met, that's the job he had been working on. And he just never knew that the prosecutor had become corrupt. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, and this is key. Miss Che had someone following the guy who runs the newspaper. Yeah. And she saw him go in to the plaza and realizes that this has all been a scheme of Vincenzo to manipulate the guy based on his superstition. <laughs> oh, it's so good. And, uh, and of course, she tells the chairman about this. And uh, he's like, how on earth did he find out all of this about my background? And her theory is the Secret Service gave him the information. Because the Secret Service must know all this stuff. 
Yeah. And that's very interesting because it never occurs to her for a second, or if it does, she's not letting on that Vincenzo might have the guillotine file. Yeah. And maybe she suspects, maybe she doesn't, but if she does suspect, there's nothing in this scene to suggest, right? That uh, he know that she knows about the guillotine file and that Vincenzo has it. Now, again, that might be her playing the chairman. We don't know. But he's like, how are we going to get back in Vincenzo? And of course, this is when she turns over the file. Yes. And, she oh, has yeah. I have, I have found out who his, her, his mother is. Maybe we could use that. And he even, oh, and they even find out that, oh, that's why he was so desperate to screw up the bank signing. He was doing it to avenge his mother. Yeah. That means his mother must be very important to him. And now you see why I'm full of dread for next episode. Yep. Oh, I'm very worried about that next episode. But this episode isn't done screwing with us yet either. <laughs> because after Vincenzo's conversation with Mr. Joe, he goes back to the law office, right? Oh, and by the way, um, Chayun is at the hospital and she's yeah. to pick up the paper because Vincenzo's mother has signed all of the forms necessary to appeal her conviction, right? Yes. So the, the law office is empty. Mr. Nam is finally getting some sleep. Vincenzo go back to the law office and he sees someone breaking in. Yeah. And the guy runs off and he uh, darts uh, darts through the building. They have a foot chase. Vincenzo runs out onto the roof access area. Can't see where the guy's coming from. And what happens? You want to tell the people? Well, Mr. Daichu, the, the guy who runs the newspaper, is thrown off the top of the building and lands right in front of yeah. Vincenzo. And then the cops show up and arrest him. For murdering him. Yep. And that's died how exa he died exactly how he killed his brother. I think yep. that's notable. <laughs> exactly yep. the same way. That's well, not an accident. His brother may have his brother may have forgiven him, but the wandering spirits didn't. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. They they Oh they, my god. They yeah. Need, they need Jun Wu dead. Oh god. Yes. For the wandering spirits to, to be rest. happy. Yeah. Oh anyway. my god, but yeah, so Vincenzo gets arrested and that's our cliffhanger for the week. This must have been a this must have been a Sunday show to get you no, to come No, 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 no. I'm sure 16. No, this is a Saturday show, so I'm sure 16 is going to be an even bigger cliffhanger. Although you already know, so let's see. No, but the odd numbered ones, and that's why I was so puzzled by this ending because I'm like, how the hell is 16 going to end? Because almost always the odd number episodes are a small cliffhanger and then the even number episodes are a big cliffhanger because that's where you have to wait a whole week to see the new episode. And I'm like, this is a pretty big cliffhanger for a Saturday episode. And I'm desperate to find out what next week's cliffhanger is. Stay tuned next week. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, my God. So, yeah, it's it's going to be good. I cannot wait. But what an amazing episode. Because again, they found another, we've got great, sta really interesting statements about corruption and how like, uh, I mean, what I know they don't use this word, right? They don't use this word, but it really is like 
the minute you agree to become corrupt, you are abandoning, you know, society. You are abandoning civil society. You are stepping away from the inescapable tapestry of mutuality that we all live in. You are putting yourself in front of everybody else and you are abusing what power you have and exploiting everyone else. And how, I mean, the show is saying that morally, once you become corrupt, you deserve no protection. And it doesn't matter how little the corruption. And that is one of those those themes that you will see so often in many of these Korean shows. Really? Yeah. No, the ones that I, a lot of You've the ones watching. I watch. Yeah. And you will hear, like there was the one I watched about these uh, lawless lawyers, it is called in English. Right. Right. And you have the cop. And then, of course, he took a little payment for a little thing. Yeah. And then, you know, eventually, right, he becomes almost the hitman. Yeah. Because once uh, you've started being corrupt, once you've, started, you've stepped out. Years, yeah. You've stepped out of society and you have made the agreement that you don't want anyone to know what you've done. Yep. And that will always be a threat to be used against you. Yeah. No, it's and, interesting, and that is a consistent theme in this show. And I'm very interested to hear that it's showing up in other shows as well. It shows up. It shows up a lot in other shows, but they're more obvious. This one is. This is. This is a very interesting, right, way of doing it. Yeah, uh, it's because not, it is so subtle. Yeah, because we don't really have cops in this show. No, I mean literally, our only cops in the show are the two unbelievably corrupt people who kill people for Vincenzo. Yes, like, who now kill, but they used to kill for Miss Choi. Babel, yeah. They, oh, sorry, yeah, oh. just for Miss Choi, and then for Babel, and now for Vincenzo. Yeah. It's yes, very interesting, but yeah, like, that is our only, you're right, that that is our only glimpse at police in the world of Vincenzo. Yeah, really, yeah. yeah. That's, that's just about it. I mean, and these, these cops that are coming up to arrest him, well, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, somebody has called this in. Exactly. It's a safe show up. Yeah, and then, but that's the only way we've seen cops is like every now and then someone will call in the cops for a setup because, you know, and it's it's notable that it's like our quote unquote good care. Well, I say quote unquote, they are our good characters, right? But our characters who are on the right side of the law, who aren't corrupt, who aren't evil, they're not calling the cops. Yeah. Invariably, the bad guys are the ones who call the cops because the show understands that the cops are there to protect the bad guy's money. That's the <laughs> cop's job. You know, and, and that's how the show has been presenting it. I mean, again, you can say that, oh, Dan, you're just going on another one of your anti-capitalist rants. What show are you watching if that's not the takeaway? Yeah, it's, as I said, it's not, but it's not a big part. The worst, the big villains are yeah. big corporations. Oh, exactly. But it is, it is pointedly, the show point, the, uh, I think the show is pointedly saying that at the end of the day, the cops work for the giant corporations and the cops work for, you know, for money. Well, it's a very interesting thing about how, as, I, as I've said before, how the police work. It's still not totally clear to me. Yeah. I will figure it out over the Over the course time of your watching Korean dramas. 
We will be doing other Korean dramas about serial killers because that's what the show is supposed to be about. Yep. Vincenzo right. was just a, a an offside thing because it was too good not to talk about. Yeah. Uh, but there ended up being a serial killer in it, too. Even in here, there's a serial killer. Yeah. So, you know, we really did luck out on that front. I'm not going to pretend that was planned on my part, but you knew. You didn't tell me, though, because that would have been a spoiler, and I appreciate that. Yes, I have avoided spoilers. You've done a great job. Like, I don't know anything that's coming. Uh, But yeah, so really, really good episode. And I just, I like the miniature statement that the good guys don't call the cops. Because they know whose side the cops are on. And it's not the side of regular people. On the side of law and order. Yeah. <laughs> In quote, air quotes. Of course, yeah. No, they are for, you know, they are for keeping the system in place. Well, spoiler alert, the system is what's causing all of these problems for everyone. Yeah, and okay, well, yes, I have to figure out how to solve it, but I'm not, we're not... Well, I mean, the show is not about solving the entire problem no. of capitalism's destructive effects on society and the world. But that's certainly a theme of what the show is about. Well, it's one of the themes. It's one sure. of the show's I many mean, themes. This is capitalism gone awry. Yeah. Right? It is just huge when it's little bitsy piece people because, right, all of these little people in the plaza mm-hmm. have their little shops and they run their little businesses and they can manage to live on them. That's not wrong. Nope. To have a restaurant or something. It's when... Power gets concentrated when money gets concentrated in one or two people and they can get away with it consistently. Yeah. You know, and you have a whole system then feeds on one another. And I do think that in Korea, of course, some of this is simply let, let's just take a look at the Samsung problem. Yep. Right. Um, in uh, and as I and as we've already talked about when we were talking about um 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 um, um, um Squid Game, yeah, right. It is the granddaughter, the major money funder for uh, Squid Game. Yeah, it was the, the granddaughter of the owner of uh, Samsung. Founder, yeah, of Samsung. The founder of Samsung, yeah. You know, and who made both Parasite and Squid Game? Yes, and she I'm, gets it. She gets it, and I still love my Samsungs, but, you know, it is, um, like, it is an interesting, see, I, like, I haven't looked at the Korean Constitution, which is probably something I should do. It's just like when I was doing the Weimar Republic. Yeah. Okay, let's look at the Constitution and see how the state was set up mm-hmm. to allow certain things to happen. Yeah. And I don't care what anybody says. You know, I get into big fights with people about whether or not, you know, what constitutes democratic um, elections. Yeah. Right. And then power brokering. And you can't say that it doesn't happen in democracies. And the Weimar Republic was set up for that. Anyway, I go through the Constitution with people and try and explain Okay, so this constitutes, yes, okay, so there were thugs out there and everything else. That's not the point. Yeah. We still have we still have the system allowed for it. You ended up with then Hitler taking over, you know, yeah. and you have of course people 
Sorry. So what is it about the way the Constitution is set up? That allowed it, for this to happen. Yeah, because the police have this bizarre place. As I told you before, when I'm watching other things, I don't know if I've said it on the show. Right. right? But the police have this weird place. They don't really do the investigations. Yeah. It, it, it's the prosecutors. The prosecutors, it's not judges who give the warrants, it's prosecutors who decide. And so the prosecution, the police, it's not necessarily, you don't have to focus on police corruption because they don't have an awful lot of power. They're not well paid. That is a constant. They are not very well paid mm -hmm. in Korea. So one has to assume there's some reality to that. Yeah. And they don't necessarily carry carry guns. Right. They, it's a, it's an interesting structure that they've got in terms of their judicial system. Yeah. I don't understand it, and I will try and understand it as I go along. But right now, I'm teaching more than I want to teach, and I've got a couple <laughs> private clients, so I'm sort of. Okay. You're working so much that you're. It is keeping you from uh, doing as much research into Korea as you would like. As I would like, and as I and there are some books that I need to get, and there's one that I really want to get, but it's not going to be published until August. Oh. But I've already paid for it. It's coming on my Kindle in August. <laughs> okay, good. And it's all, all right. about apps and 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 that sort of thing. So okay, South Korea. These are all these are all South Korean books that are academic and taken. No, there's a it's a whole university series. And I have to assume from the little clips I've read from some of them that we are talking about really good translations. And I will say that that's another thing about Vincenzo, but the translations in Vincenzo are really, really, really good. Yeah. Oh, that's clear because again, all of these things, they've done such a good job of even explaining, writing the jokes and references in a way that even I can get it who knows nothing about Korea. No, it's fascinating. Yeah, and um, as I said, I am sure that when I hear the words, the Korean words for my car, I will recognize them. I'm hoping. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed. All right. So um, that is going to be that for this week. I'm going to wrap up here so I can immediately go and watch episode 16. <laughs> I have been waiting for a while. I'm not even going to say how long to watch uh, episode 16. It's been longer than I would like. And we had to delay before recording this episode after 14. So whoo doggy. Am I excited to see 16 finally after that cliffhanger? Uh, but yeah, it's going to be great. I have every confidence. So anywho, let's wrap things up here with a thanks for listening. If you have any questions, comments, if there's any profiling related fiction you think we should check out, drop us a, uh, drop us a line at profilingcriminalminds at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. If you were listening to this on some sort of an app or podcatcher, be sure to rate and review it. That's how people find the show. And of course, the big one, we're going to be back here next week with more Vincenzo. And of course, every week on Wednesday, Style Section, the Wise Guy podcast. Check out both. We'll see you here soon. But until then, au revoir. And have a good day. 
Profiling Criminal Minds is a member of the Kinks Podcasting Network.